everyone, this is Mallory Rubin, here to tell you about the Ringerverse, your go-to podcast feed for all things nerd culture and fandom. Multiple times per week, our experts and superfans delve into the latest sci-fi, fantasy, and superhero stories with instant reactions, deep dives, video breakdowns, theory fodder, and more. If you love Game of Thrones or Star Wars or Marvel, if you love video games or genre novels or comics, if you'd love to parse mythology and partake in the community around the most captivating fictional universes, these are the pods you're looking for. Follow the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shout out to that guy. Yes. The major thing. Oh my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Change, 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 change. Confirm. Mage. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. There's something going on, it, it feels. Um, welcome aboard. Uh, big, big, big Friday episode of the show with two big time guests. We're going to talk to the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, in a few minutes uh, about everything. We'll, we'll ask him about punk. We'll ask about uh, everything going on at NXT. And just, you know, the pro wrestling of it all. So we'll do that in a little bit. We'll bring in HBK. Uh, but first, I want to start out with a little bit of mailbag action. I'm, I'm on my own this week. Natalie is living that did you miss me life for real in Argentina. She's in Buenos Aires as we speak. So it's just um, me, Bear, Rocky, and you guys. The Cheap Heat Universe, the Peckerheads, Troy the Goy, of course. Dipperstein, when I hear from him, you know, which happens here and there. Um, speaking of which, mail. Jordan says, Dip is back. One comment and one question. Uh, let's see. Sweet Pete, SUG, and Dipperfeen. First, it only took one word, but the dip we know and love was showing glimpses of returning to our airwaves. His one word unsolicited response to SGG talking about CM Punk's new dance partners he has access to. Ivar was so well-placed and legitimately made me LOL. That was very funny, by the way. <laughs> you know what? Ivar is bringing Dip back. 
Dip is so excited about Ivar. It, it's giving him such powers of pain vibes. I, I think it is partially bringing Dip back. All right, now for the question. I was excited listening to your feedback on the Iron Claw, and I'm pumped to get out and see the movie. I'm familiar with the Von Erics in terms of who they are and that the family story is tragic, but not so caught up on the details. My question is, would you recommend watching some of the docs, Dark Side of the Ring or others before the movie, or see the movie cold and catch back up after? Great question, Jordan from Boston, and I'm here to answer for you. See the movie first. Enjoy it simply as a film. Take it in and enjoy it. And then double back afterwards and, and see some of the things that were slightly different, more information, et cetera. Now, question, do you believe, uh, Troy the Goy, are, are you going to go out and see the movie? Are, do you have any interest based on what you've heard in seeing Iron Claw? Zero. Perfect. All right, moving right along. Mail. Dean wrote us. He sent a picture. He said, guys, just caught up with today's episode and had to recirculate this masterpiece. And it's a picture of Batista wearing a Starbucks apron. And it says the animal barista. I didn't know that was ever circulated, but apparently it was. Uh, let's see. Robert writes us. Mail. He said, uh, what's up, Hades? With the return of Punk, presumably getting a one a night one main event match. And Roman getting a night two main event, I was thinking about how to make WrestleMania even better. So I proposed a storyline called Return of the Horsewoman. Damage control continues as a unit, but after Survivor Series, Bailey continues to doubt herself. She tries to show the other members that she was the team MVP during War Games by teaming Asuka, Kyrie, and Io. Weeks of coming up short leads to the Royal Rumble. Asuka and Kyrie earn a women's title, uh, tag title shot. During the match, Bailey accidentally trips Kyrie and costs him the match. They begin arguing until EO runs down. And what looks like to calm the situation, she then turns on Bailey and all three of them beat her down until Charlotte and Becky make the save. Damage control retreats and they stand Bailey up, but Bailey doesn't want their help, pushes them and walks to the back. Next Friday at SmackDown, damage control demands an apology from Bailey, but Bailey says no. EO, Kyrie, and Asuka beat her down again with Charlotte and Becky making the save. A debuting Julia shows up and affirms a new damage control of EO, Kyrie, Asuka, and Julia. Fast forward to Elimination Chamber, uh, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey versus Asuka, Kyrie, and Julia. The new damage control are standing tall, four against three when the music hits and outruns Sasha Banks. Damage control is shocked, and we have an all out brawl. It sets up a WrestleMania Night 2 co-main event, the four horsewomen versus damage control. P.S. I included a shirt idea for uh, Mania for the pod. Let's see what he put it here for the... Uh, not a bad idea. It's just a cheap heat. It's like a cheap... I, I don't love the font, but it says cheap, and then it has heat through with a little sun, like an old-school sun. kind of gives you an old-school SummerSlam shirt vibe. And the back says, 24-7, stat guy, the Majin. I like that. I really like that on the back. I like that back. 24-7, stat guy, the major. But maybe stat guy might be, if we're all going nickname, Twenty four, either forever 24-7 or 24-7. And then SGG is either the physically large or the physically strong. Um, And the major. I like it. But I need to work on the logo on the front. Uh, I, I really like the idea of a... Uh, 
I really like the idea of a damage control for horsewomen. That would be mage. I got to tell you, I'm very into it. The speculation is out there of uh, the Sasha thing. It kind of keeps coming back around. But that would be sweet. Even if you don't get Sasha back, by the way, I still think it works. Male. Brian says, uh, CM Punk steals his first words. What's up, fellas? Listen to Busted Open this morning to hear the reactions from Bully Ray and Mark Henry on Punk's return. Bully ended the segment talking about the importance of Punk's appearance on Raw Nashville on Monday after receiving such a pop in Chicago. We asked one question that struck me. What will CM Punk's first words be? And it can't just be I'm back. Only four words came to mind. Did you miss me? That's right. I'm calling for CM Punk to steal heel Miss Hatton's catchphrase to be- begin his Raw promo tonight. I, and now, you know what? Let's actually see what his first words were. The actual first words. A lot of people chanting CM Punk. There you Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Looks like hell froze over, which they'd already kind of done on Instagram, but I'm not mad. Travis, uh, one of our favorite subjects. Male. Questions about introducing a kid to wrestling. Hey, sweet Pete. Dip and Greg, been a fan since Greg was still a virgin and maker of shoes was your co-host. Emailing you from Taiwan, where I'm doing a two-year stint teaching at an American international school despite being Canadian. I actually find some of the cultural differences between Canada and America more jarring than Canada and Taiwan. Nevertheless, I have an important question for you. One of my colleagues here has an eight-year-old son who is itching to get into wrestling. His dad, of course, was a fan from the late 80s to the Attitude Era and couldn't be happier that his son had some curiosity. If you could pick three matches to show an eight-year-old who's never really watched wrestling before, what would you choose? The only wrestler he knows is John Cena. Also, what are the kayfabe rules? Should I tell him it's scripted or let him get lost in the glory that is pro wrestling? What are your teas? Thanks for all the amazing work that you do, Travis. P.S. My colleague's son is a great guy. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't go explaining the scripted part early. I mean see what kind of questions get asked and then you can kind of decide. And even then I'd probably try to keep it a little bit gray. I wouldn't come right out and be like, it's a show. They're actors. I I don't think that's fun either. The first question though, the three matches, I don't know. Do you start out with some great match or do you like literally try? Like, I'm wondering what I'll do with my kids one day. Uh, I look forward to this process. Maybe you just put on like old school, like you watch like an old school superstars from 1988 and just let them feel it like that. You know, like, I wonder if they would still be into that the same way we we were, because it's not like they're yet spoiled by today's product where it's huge wrestlers and matches every week. They don't know the first thing that you're seeing. So maybe you start with something very basic, like literally just regular TV episodes from the 80s and see what they think. Now, if I guess if I was to pick matches, what match would a kid like? Maybe I do something Undertaker, early Undertaker, something like that. Sting, you know, characters in that. I mean, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, perhaps, because the high flying kind of thing. You know, I mean, by the same token, you could do a Finn Balor or the Demon, you know, or or Kofi. You know, someone who's really athletic and can fly. 
So you have a lot of different ways you can go. I'd love to hear from other parents out there. What did you do when you introduced your kids? Did you just throw on TV? Because, like, honestly, the truth is the raw product is a lot for an eight-year-old, too. Like, I don't know. I want to jump into a current-day raw for an eight-year-old. Here's Mark. Male. Um, best women's match ever? Gentlemen, women's war games match from Survivor Series. Best women's match ever? What are your tees? Unbelievable collection of star power. Solid storytelling with respect to all of the combined histories. Multiple fun spots. Charlotte's moonsault off the cage and the finish. Bailey taking everyone's finisher and a manhandle off the top rope. Although I did think the manhandle was kind of sloppy off the top rope. I don't know whose fault it was, but it just looked a little weird to me. Um, taking the manhandle off the top rope. Uh, through the table is just pure respect to Bailey, who is such a great performer, who I think we all sleep on at times. Also, Asuka, unbelievably entertaining here. Stay mage and be excellent to each other. You know what? I have to rewatch it. I've watched it once, and I was moving around. Like I didn't really take it in. So let's revisit this, because I know Dip was over the moon about it. Both uh, Dip and SGG were, and now this email. I, I want to really watch it this weekend when I'm chilling with the dogs. But the pieces I saw were dope. And you're right, the collection of talent is phenomenal so it's certainly on the table now before we get to our guest real quick i also want to encourage everyone if you listen to the podcast the ring of wrestling show which you're listening to right now and you're you're a regular and you listen on spotify please share your spotify wrapped and show off to everyone how much you're listening to the ring of wrestling show we appreciate that that's good for everyone's job makes it's good on troy the goy it's good on uh, SGG. It's good on myself. It's good on everyone. So if you're if you're listening on Spotify, share your Spotify rap. We love seeing that we were like your number one podcast. We'll settle for anywhere top five. The best ones I see are the ones I'm yet to see. I'm yet to see a perfect top five where it's like cheap heat, one up is life, Ebro in the morning, the Michael K show, ENN. Because I think it's too it's too late in the year for over the top to get in. So. Any of those, if I'm, I'm yet to see the perfect all fiver. I wonder if that one exists. That would be wild. There's got to be someone out there. No, that would be, I mean, I've, I see three and I may have seen a four before. Five, meaning like I, I'm just in your ears all day long. I don't think, I don't think, I know for a fact my wife couldn't handle me that much. So um, anyways, if for some reason this is the first episode you're listening to this week, I hope you'll subscribe to my new wrestling channel on YouTube. Um, I threw up like a little clip of the Shawn Michaels interview early on there. Um, it's at Rosenberg Wrestling. At Rosenberg Wrestling. Go find that on your YouTube vehicle. Now, my conversation with the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Very, very happy to be joined by um, an icon, a multi-time Hall of Famer. Uh, one of the greats to ever do it. Uh, and the brilliant mind uh, behind NXT. Uh, these days, I'm talking about, of course, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. How you doing, Shawn? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, no one's called my mind brilliant <laughs> ever, but I, I appreciate you make, taking the chance. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm the guy. I'm I'm stepping out on a limb. Um, no, no. I, obviously, you guys have been doing some awesome stuff since you've been uh, handling things down there. And December 9th, um, NXT deadline. Um, we're going to have Trick Williams on the show as well to talk about uh, the Iron Survivor Challenge, but uh, how much fun have you been having recently, and what can you say about where this NXT roster is in, in 2023? Yeah, well, look, obviously, uh, I, I, a huge amount of fun. Um, this has just been, 
it's been a joy for me. Again, anybody that knows me, this is the best part of this job is the beginning. Uh, you know, again, before it becomes, you know, I always tell everybody before it becomes about business and money and how many dates I'm going to make. And, and again, all understandable things. I've, I've done it all. But this is where you're young, you're hungry, you're passionate just about the job and want to get out there and improve and grow, perform. Um, and it's just, you know, it's unbridled. It's pure. And so um, I love that aspect of it. Um, and, and look, it, I think it, it, it keeps me young. It keeps me excited. Uh, it's certainly, you know, where I feel like I belong. Um, there's so much talent coming in uh, down here. And I got to tell you, this, uh, you know, the concept of, of the recruiting and the NIL has really paid dividends. It is, it's staggering to me uh, how quickly some of these young men and women adapt to what it is we do. Um, and so just to, to watch that happen has been, uh, fantastic. And, and look, I think that's what's, you know, happened even in the last two years. I mean, we've had, you know, I always, I'm always amazed, you know, they look they're now they're, you know, a couple of them are up on the main roster, but the Creed brothers, you know, Braun Breaker, people that were in college two years ago, <laughs> it's and, wild. Again, you know, and, the, and people are looking at them and saying like, Oh my goodness, they're they're ready and they could you know they're gonna be headlining WrestleMania's. That's huge. Um, at such a short time in this line of work. So I'm more honored and proud of that than anything else. Um, you know, losing talent, I think, is a weird thing to say. Uh, but that's our job down here, and it's fantastic uh that it's happening on a regular basis. The aforementioned Trick Williams is is one of those guys who steps into the Performance Center a few years ago, and I, the first time he popped up on screen, you certainly see a kid who you know has a look and and physically could be something, but to be three years in, Sean, and be where he's at, like it it, it is sort of like almost you must be alarmed at times because you're like I pr- studied and practiced this thing my whole life. How are these kids getting this so quick? It re- well again, and I'll say this, I. Uh... We th- what we have down here, and again, I know you know everybody's had their opinions on who doesn't. You know, I don't need to be there. It, this this is a well oiled machine down here. Um, and again, I'm not blowing smoke when you know Hunter and Matt when they all started this. They they have worked out all the kinks. It is efficient down here. We've got a lot of great coaches. Um, and, and again, we really, we, you know, and again, what we do now from a television standpoint, from a live television standpoint, we've got, again, just like last night, we've got two ladies out there that have literally been doing this for six months and eight months. And they're out there performing a 10 minute match on live television. And that is, again, unheard of. And so it really is that it's I, I always, you know, sort of always mention that because I just don't, we've gotten so sort of used to it that I don't think people, it loses its specialness to people, but it's, it's simply staggering that, that that's going on. Uh, One person who we've seen uh, in the last few years, just like grow and grow and grow. And and she predates your time uh, in your position is Rhea Ripley. Um, Yo, Sean, I got to tell you, man, I I, I, listen, I'm very proud because listen, it, it did not take a genius to see, you know, when, when she showed up to the Mae Young Classic, what we potentially had on our hands. But I, I am proud of that from the very second I saw her, I said, no, this this could really be it. Sean, I, I feel like she could go on to be the greatest. Like, I, I think that's on the table. Like, a lot of the feelings that China 
gave us, mixed with a lot of the other feelings that uh, many other superstars have brought. Are you seeing what I'm seeing, that she could, Rhea Ripley could maybe be the greatest woman who's ever stepped foot in a ring? Look, again, I'll just say this. We're both in the same uh, department when it came to that May Young Classic, and I can remember, again, when we went over to UK, and, you know, and again, it was before, you know, I didn't know Hunter was just going to stop coming and it was going to <laughs> be, be mine, uh, which he's done to me twice now. And I've fallen for it twice. Uh, but um, but again, it was I, I was like, can we bring Rhea? Can I have her over there? Um, and, and that's where, again, I think she really began to get comfortable and really blossom. And, and yes. So, you know, Peter, to answer your question, I, I think that. It's unlimited potential there. Let's put it this way. It's again. on the table. It's all on the table. It's, it's it is. It's there for the taking. She is that she is a a special athlete, a, a look, a charisma. Again, the it factor that we talk about. Um, but yes, a, a, and I'll say this: I didn't know that she was going to sort of I don't know mature and I don't elevate herself so quickly and and look so comfortable but i you know, i'll say this i look at a lot of the women that are on the main roster now you know the biancas and the charlottes and again a great number of them that were here and just the presence and the comfort and the confidence that they have out there is just amazing to me and again especially when you've you've gotten to see them from the beginning it really that's what again that's what that's why hunter and i are so into this um because you you get to be such a real part of their journey and it happens right in front of you. And it's hard not to, I don't know, to, to generally be connected to that and care about that. And so uh, to answer your question <laughs> again, yes, I I'm, I'm, I'm with you and I'm in agreement with you. Uh, one person who's been grabbing people uh, has a big match against Baron Corbin at deadline. And that's Ilya. Uh, Ilya Dragunov is just, there's something different there. You, you talk about a, a look and an it factor in the case of Ilya Dragunov. It's sort of like, unlike anything we've ever seen. Um, how do you describe the tools of Ilya Dragunov? Uh, well, to me, once again, the passion and the intensity, what again, I appreciate about it. Again, learned him, learned it with him in the UK too. And I, I'm so proud of that, that some of these, you know, I don't know, well-kept secrets, I guess, from a, a global standpoint, uh, I was so fortunate to get to see from the, you know, from the beginning uh, over in the UK. But you could see then, again, that he was unique and different and special. And, and uh, he's another one that I think what he's doing now is unbelievably impressive. Um, but I think when he has an opportunity to do that globally, again, once again, we're going to see something special and also something from, I don't know, again, because Illy's not the biggest person, right? But he's got such a great look and, and an intensity. You can feel his passion. And he's he, re, he can come out in a rehearsal and have that kind of passion and intensity. So that's the thing what's so fantastic about that is what you see from Ilya is who he is and what you get. Um, and, and and I think, once again, people see that. They connect with it right away because they, they know authenticity when they see it. And that's what uh, Ilya has. And I think, again, we're thrilled to have him here. Uh, but like I said, you know, it would not surprise me as one day, you know, uh, he gets snatched up, but I'm so happy that 
again, he'll have an opportunity. And happy for the people that have not seen him to be able to have the the you know the chance to see him because he's he is a special kid for sure. Well, What's the what's this moment meant for Corbin too? You know, Baron Corbin to me is a, a really great talent who, for whatever reason, the last few years, it's like good things almost happened. The you know, the character starts going a certain way, then sort of the rug would come out, and I think everyone agrees the guy is awesome in the ring. He has one of the best and sort of a conversation that comes up around you a lot with the super kick. One of the best. And, and and most protected finishers actually in the business is is Baron Corbin's. But at the same time, he just hasn't found that footing over the last couple of years. It seems like here in NXT, this has been a really positive thing for a great talent in Baron Corbin. Well, it, because because he is unbelievably talented, and I think and it, you know not to no fault of his own, he gets asked to do a job and does it really well, <laughs> and so. Well, and the thing is, I don't know that at any point during his career, and again, you'd have to ask him, so this isn't a claim. I'm just, you know, I don't know that anyone's asked him, what do you want to do? And that's something that when he came here, the first question I asked him, if you had the opportunity to have some direction on where you were going, what would you want to do? Um, and look, I, I always go back and I tell everybody the story that, Look, that Vince gave me that opportunity years ago. I got to find out who the Heartbreak Kid was. I got to evolve into him and and find my footing and find my comfort zone and and continue to to push and take some risks. Um, and and I don't know that Baron has always had that. He's sort of been, you know, put into something and again done it really well, been effective. But I'm you know again, it's one of those things that. Uh, you know, it's like I can't remember the movie, whatever that you know about the weddings that uh, you know <laughs> the one Sarah. I don't remember the name, and but uh, you know she never got asked what kind of eggs she liked. She ate the <laughs> eggs that someone else. You know, yes. If yes. you like poached, I like poached. If you like scrambled, I like scrambled. And you know, Corbin hey. came down here and I asked him what kind of eggs do you like. Right. How about we serve that up for you. That that that's such a great way of putting it. Um, yeah, I was always so into when his character was really broken down and his shirt was dirty and he was. It just sort of felt like the gun got jumped there, and and then after that, we never got back to what the his potential was. Then JBL came in. I thought that was going to be a really cool thing. It sort of went away. So I'm, I'm psyched to see him in this in this in a big moment in NXT. Um, what was your reaction uh, when? Cult of Personality, uh, CM Punk's theme song hit the other night. I get like everybody else. I get happy, thrilled, like holy cow. Well, and again, uh, you know, I don't know. I <laughs> I got asked, I don't know, a couple months ago. You know, again, well, if you had the chance to use them with you, and I was like, yeah, who wouldn't? You know, <laughs> so I again, I understand. I don't know. I one, I understand business, and I also. Um, look, I, I've understood. I was I wasn't always the most popular guy to people, but I was really good at my job, um, and I feel like that's one of the reasons I've had one here in the WWE for f almost forty years. Um, because again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dependable and, and I'm, I'm good at my job, and uh, and I, I I think if there if you are that, there's always an opportunity here, especially if you if you want one. And so, look, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the company. I'm happy for the WWE fan base, you know, the WWE universe. Um, you know, stories like this are always fantastic, even if they're controversial. That's part of what makes them fantastic. Um, and so, look, there, there are times, I, you know, I don't always know what's going on. Um, 
and and truth be told, I don't even think sometimes you know they know what's going going on. Um, but that's what makes it that what, what unpredictability is just that unpredictable. Um, but that's what makes this job uh, so fantastic and so unique. Uh, you know, unlike anything else, and that's you know that's why we've continued to thrive for you know forty plus years as well. One of the things that I was so excited about, and I'd expressed sort of mixed feelings. I was of the camp. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I, I was that guy. One of the things I loved about this, though, was the level of surprise, Sean. That's one thing I think we've been missing there in this era of of sports entertainment. There's a lot of promoting of when things are going to come, and I and I understand it. But when you get hit with a true, genuine, I mean, Sean, I was there all day. I, no one even mentioned him. It was not on the radar in a real way. It was so even for the boys, it was such a shock. It seemed for everyone, Sean, those that to me as an outsider, I'm curious to you as an insider, what you think that's to me, what makes a moment extra special when nobody has a clue that that yeah, music's hidden. Ab- absolutely. And again, you can, in this job, you know, you, everybody can bat 500. You know what I mean? You know, I think he is. I think he isn't, you know, you know what I mean? But it is what it, because you know it's so hard to keep anything, you know. Everybody, I mean, heck, everybody lets you know if they're going to the store. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah, got eggs today. Go to the store to get some bacon. Like, I'm, that's awesome. Great. I'm gonna go rob your house. Now that I know that you're gone. <laughs> you know, but so it, it really is. Um, and, and and but that's that's the power of again of being able to do that. And, and that is what also makes it special. But there's that you know, that's a perfect storm analogy, and 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 that can only happen with certain people at the same time. You know what I mean? And that is, um, that's where again everybody knows it's so cliche now, but that's where the words "never say never" always you know came out in the first place because in this line of work. Again, what makes it so fantastic, you're never 100% sure. Um, even if you think you are, you're just not being honest. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course. Uh, you're just on the you? face saying, I know this is going to happen, but there's always a little piece of you going like, I don't know. You know, And, <laughs> Did- and again, uh, to your point, I just felt, I think everybody thought this was a bridge too far. That's what it, that's what it felt like for me, and I'm like, I know that everyone makes up, but I thought this one, it he'd already been there. I just didn't see it, I and that's what made it such a great shock in that way. Is that I was like, no way, really? I mean, me and I was with Booker. We both looked at each other like, no way, this is happening. And you gotta you right? I mean, and to pull that off in this day and age, pretty special. Pretty that that to me is what makes it so cool. And and as Booker always says, if there's money to be made, and there's someone who can do business. You do it. And I think sometimes the the vitriol for punk backstage is an overstated story people like to tell. I think he has a share of people that he doesn't have a great relationship with. I think way more, though, are going to be happy to see him. What's it like, though, Sean? You've had those days where you had your people, quite literally the clique, who have your back. And then you have uh, some more people um, who aren't happy to see you. And then others who are indifferent what is that feeling like, you know, you're walking in with your suitcase, heading in down the ramp into the building when you know kind of every corner you turn might be a, a mixed reaction in the eyes? Yeah, well, early on, it's it's uncomfortable. Um, but again, when, but I think after a while you get used to it. Look, everybody would prefer to be liked, uh, you know, but 
if you're somebody, second guessing uh, is always going to go on this line of work. This just, it is impossible to please 100% of the people 100% of the time. Um, and look, you know, as well as I do uh, in any line of work and in any walk of life, there, you know, everybody can say, I really like this guy and to get along with him. And they're talking about him two minutes later anyway. And, and that goes for everybody, even the most liked individuals. And so um, I don't know. I think this he's been doing this for a long time. Uh, again, I've, I, I guess I always say, like, I don't know. I always liked Phil and and, and, and I, I, I don't know. And I always understood the, you know, heaven forbid you have a different opinion. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, that, that, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Uh, and so it, it doesn't matter whose it is. And like I said, but I, I can understand because at one time I it did and I didn't have the maturity to, you know, respect and accept other one's opinions, even if they didn't agree with mine. And so I think we all come to that in time. And so I think at one point it might have bothered him. I, I would imagine, you know, uh, he's accepted it as a reality um, and is good with that. Uh, before I let you go, another person who will be on the card in a big match with uh, Wesley is Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I'm curious, first of all, what's your earliest memory of Dominic Mysterio the kid? Do you have memories of of Dominic as a little kid going back to the early 2000s? And also, yeah, just again, how impressed are you with the development of this dude? Well, of course, you, again, you just I can remember the first time and, and just so early on going – thinking to myself, like, God, Ray, he's already taller than you are. And so, you know, and, and at such a young age, but, and especially for us, but Dom has, to me, Dominic Mysterio, MVP of the WWE this year. Um, and every time he comes here, I look at him as the hardest working man in show business. Um, he has just been uh, an Iron Man uh, for us. And, and again, I can't speak to what he does on the main roster, but, he we, he has just done everything we have asked of him. He's done it professionally. He's done it admirably, done it to the best of his ability. Um, yes, do I think it's been to his advantage because a lot was put on him early and he, you know, he probably didn't get the opportunity to develop, you know, behind the scenes as much as other people had. And he had to do it out there in front of the world and probably got judged harshly for it. Um, but I'm telling you, he is just, I have nothing but admiration for that young man. He has been a stud for us. Um, and, and again, I think from a company standpoint, everybody would agree with me. Um, you know, he got a lot put on him early and I think he's grown a lot in this last year. I think he's become a hell of a performer as well when everything is said and done. Um, but it's hard for me not to admire the young man who's worked so hard uh, again for us. You know what I mean? When, you know, again, technically, I guess, you know, he could, yeah, it's early and he's young. He's getting a great opportunity, but if, you know, I've seen other people with less get a lot chippier and a lot, you know, and again, and be a lot more difficult to deal with professionally. Um, he has just been a joy. And so more, more so than anything else, I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that I tell Ray every time I see him, uh, you know, you, he's a great performer and everything else, but you raised a really wonderful young man there. And I, and I hope that means a, a lot to him because he really is. I admire him uh, a great deal as a young man.
Yeah, he, he's he's a wonderful kid. And the value, Sean, I'd imagine for every superstar, the value of having someone who just gets booed by the crowd like that, no matter where you are, no matter what's happening, you have this guy that everyone is ready to boo. It feels like that would just make everyone, particularly every good guy's job, that much easier when you show up to work. Well, it is. And, and I'll say this, that's something that down here, again, when you have main roster people come in, look, it's it's very tough. It's very difficult because they can be a you know a bad guy on television, but it's a main roster guy coming down here. And it puts our young baby faces in, you know, in a pretty tough position. But you got Dom. <laughs> He's getting booed. You know, yeah. I mean, everybody's like, whew, what a, you know, what a great opportunity for me. Again, our talent here recognize that. Um, and, and, again, I think that was something that – that uh, was a benefit to them. They see it. And, and as I say, for Dom to, to handle it so humbly like he did was also fantastic. So for us, this, this run with Dom has just been a, just such a huge opportunity and a huge blessing for us overall. Uh, if, if you were somehow unaware, uh, that's Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. Every time I, I get a chance to chop it up with you in any way, I am thrilled to do it. Deadline is going to be on Peacock on Saturday, December 9th. We look forward to it and, uh, we'll talk to you soon, Sean. Always excited to, uh, to have a chat. I appreciate it, Peter. Thanks so much for having me, man. And thanks for helping us out with this. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Big, big thank you to HBK Shawn Michaels for joining us. Obviously, we're talking NXT deadline, so... One of the aforementioned uh, superstars is young Trick Williams, who's in that four-way at deadline. And, uh, yeah, caught up with Trick Williams as well. Here is uh, NXT's Trick Williams. NXT deadline is a big day for this young man here. Uh, Trick Williams, first time on Cheap Heat. Trick, what's popping, man? How are you? Hey, man, straight out of South Cac. I don't know how to act Trick Williams back, baby, and I'm happy to be here. Um, and you got a big match uh, coming up uh, at deadline a week from Saturday. Biggest match yet, man. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, I'm in there with some big guys, some big muscular guys, you know, the way around the ring. So, yeah, man, we got a battle. Uh, go through in, in terms of this uh, four way, uh, this this Iron Survivor challenge. How would you describe each of your opponents in this match? Give me a few words on each. OK, Josh Briggs, I would say country strong. You know, you know, those guys are probably raised on the farm, you know, moving cattle, chopping wood. That's Josh Briggs. And, uh, you know, he's a fierce competitor. Uh, of course, we got Brown Breaker. 
which is uh, A-class athlete, Division One football player, second generation. You know, genetics is in his blood, of course. He's just a monster, man. You know, he he held the title for our division for a very long time. And then we have Dijak, a guy 6'5", like 6'6", six, 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 uh, as athletic and, you know, acrobatic as anybody else. Um, and he's been wrestling for a very long time, man. So I got my hands full with this one for sure. <laughs> and Trick, you have you do have your hands uh, hands full, and of course the the winner is going to get a, a crack at that NXT championship, That's right. um, which is which is a pretty cool opportunity, um, obviously for you. But your path to getting here is an interesting one, man. You were you were a football player. You are someone who's learned <laughs> this business just in the last few years. For people who don't 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 know the journey. And their first introduction to Trick Williams, like many of us, was seeing you out there with Carmelo and and learning you in NXT. What was the Trick Williams path to becoming Trick Williams? Man, you know, in the sake of saving time, uh, it's the walk-on story. And by no means am I an underdog, but, man, I go get it. You know, uh, I played at the University of South Carolina where – you know, out of high school, I went to Hampton University, scholarship athlete, started my first games, everything. Things were going great. But I was ambitious, and I had dreams of playing for the University of South Carolina. So I took a chance on myself. You know, this is before the transfer portal. You know, I ain't trying to age myself, but this is before the transfer portal. <laughs> I mean, that's like five minutes ago. Don't worry. You're good. <laughs> okay. I'm good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I went to my coaches at Hampton University, and I told them, you know, I'm transferring to the University of South Carolina. And at the time, you know, University of South Carolina was the number four team in the nation mm-hmm. with some big names like Jadavion Clowney, DJ Swearinger, Marcus Lattimore. If you know football. Yeah, you just, these are big, big, big time defensive players. Big time defensive players. And, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So, you know, what I did was I drove up to the stadium. I lie to you not. I drove up to Williams Bryce Stadium. I walk straight through the doors. I hop straight on the elevator and I go to the top. I figure the most important man is on top. I didn't get Spurs, Steve Spurrier, but I got his son, Steve Spurrier Jr. Okay. I told him my name. I said, I'm here to play football. Yeah. He said, are you serious? I'm like, yes. He said, do you attend the school, sir? I said, no, I don't attend the school yet. I'm still at Hampton University. <laughs> but he said, well, I can't talk to you until you attend the school. But, man, you got good size and you seem like you got good head on your shoulder. So we'll see what happens. Long story short, man, uh, that's just what type of guy I am. You know, I go straight to the top and I'm willing to work for everything that I'm going to get. And I tried out for the University of South Carolina. I think there was 200 some odd players at this tryout and they cut it down from like, you know, that high number to like 40 people at the next tryout and cut it down to eight. So from there, I found my way on the team at the University of South Carolina and uh, as a walker, then worked my way to being a starter from there. Wow. So if I just sum up who I am, I'm the guy, once I know what I want, I'm going to go get it. I, I like the uh, the walk-on story. I like that as a sort of permanent metaphor for who you are. You know what I mean? The guy who is just down to show up and find a way to get on. Yes. You know, even without the uh, the, the clear path. Yes. Um, and do, when you went and, and tried to go for the NFL, and, uh, you know, I, I know you, you, you try with the Eagles, mm-hmm. did – did how realistic did that seem to you? Are you were you just like this is really going to happen? And you said I'm going to give this a shot and, and let's let's see. Oh, 100. percent I knew I was going to make the team. You know, uh, it's funny because after after my senior season at South Carolina, uh, like you say, nothing happened for the draft. 
But what I did was I worked the whole season during the off season and where I was coaching kids out of high school and I was coaching the kids with my cleats on. Like, you know, so I'm working on my game as I'm coaching the kids, you know, like, oh, this is how you run this route. This is how you do this. Hey, you know, this is the footwork for this. And I'm getting better as I'm, you know, showing the kids, you know, this is how you work for it. And then the opportunity came up. That's a long story. We don't have all the time for it. But um, Deuce Staley was the guy who actually gave me an opportunity. He actually played at the University of South Carolina as well. And uh, I remember when I got to camp, I asked him, I said, what do I need to do to make this team? He said, there's nothing you can do to make the team, but just make sure you don't do anything to get kicked off the team. Just make sure you just do your job. And I was like, okay, you know. But uh, that's what I did, man. Like, I balled while I was there. And by every means, I thought I was going to make the team. But that reality didn't happen for me, but it put me right where I was supposed to be. Because right out of that is how I got introduced to WWE, which I'm far more happier here than I ever was playing football. So Really? So, so you, you, you quickly came to fall more in love with this game than the football game? As, I wouldn't say right away. I'm going to be honest with you. At first, like, I have, you know, I was I watched during Attitude Era. So when I thought wrestling, you know, I thought Shawn Michaels, I thought DX, I thought The Rock, you know, I, I thought Booker T, I thought these guys. But I wasn't all the way up to date because I've been so down that football path of course. That in my life. So, um, you know, I got an email from WWE and asked me if I was interested. I'm thinking, you know, I think I looked the part for sure. You know, I definitely think I can talk. So, you know, this might be a good fit for me. And uh, I went to a tryout, and the first I went to a tryout, you know, they didn't they didn't keep me. You know, they said, hey, you know, you're athletic, you can talk, you're good looking, but you never wrestled, which is the truth. I never wrestled a day in my life. But they said, show you serious, go get some experience, then we'll bring you back for another tryout. And that's what they did. And um, and that's when I really fell in love with it, man. I had to grind. Uh, I moved out to Philly, back to Philly with my uncle. He stayed in South Philly, and I would commute from there to South Jersey and I was training at CZW at the time. And, you know, I learned how to wrestle, you know, you know, I came so up. CZW to, was your, was your first foray. Yeah. That's my first school that I trained at. And then, um, COVID broke out right during that time. So I was there probably, I was there some months, COVID broke out. And then, um, then I moved across the country. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm a jumper. I moved across the country to LA and I went to Knox pro for a few months and then they brought me back for a tryout and then I got signed from there. How, how advantageous was it for you seeing uh, other people, you know, especially with the NIL thing now seeing young athletes come into NXT, how advantageous was it for you to have gotten that time at CZW and Knox before you walked in the door? Yo, that, that is everything because I almost feel for the guys who come in with no knowledge, no previous experience, without even knowing what the business is truly about. Because I would say from the time I got cut from the Eagles, it took me a good year to wrap my mind around the fact I'm a wrestler. You know, like my whole identity has really changed, you know, and this is what I'm this is what I'm doing. now. I'm a superstar, you know, because it's a completely different mindset as a football player. So it took some time. And, you know, for the guys who coming in and the girls, you know, with different athletic backgrounds, you know, I'm happy for them. You know, they're coming in with the NIL deals. But I really feel for them because 
you know, this business takes time and you got to be committed to it and you really have to love it to, you know, experience some success, I feel. So yeah. I think me going to those different schools and them telling me no was the best thing that probably ever happened to me because it gave me the time to go figure out who I am in this business and what, you know, how I want to pursue it. So I'm glad everything happened just the way it was supposed to happen. Has it been fun for you to be just Trick Williams and not with Trick Williams, uh, the yeah. man who was out there a lot with Carmelo Hayes? Have you had a good time getting yes. out there and sort of being completely on your own too? Oh, man. Well, yes, it's bittersweet because there are times I'm like, man, me and Melo used to come out and we would just have a ball. You know, we would just clown the whole time. we jumping people. You know, I, you know, I had the freedom of interacting with the crowd and really, you know, really developing my character while I was working as I was with Trick Williams, you know, right, right. instead of being just Trick Williams. But uh, but now nothing can compare to having the spotlight on you. Like, this is what I wanted. <laughs> now, obviously, the, the first thing on your mind is, is going to be this match at deadline, getting your shot at the NXT uh, World Championship. And, you know, it, whoever it ends up being, when you when you get the opportunity, oh, you're dragging off who, 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 or whoever it is. But for you, is it important to one day sort of uh, get a conclusion to the Carmelo relationship, whether that means you guys getting back together or one day facing off for gold? Is is that a piece that you would really like to have happen one day? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you have to understand, you know, Peter, me, me and Melo, we go way back. So that's my boy. So, you know, I don't see the story ever ending, per se. You know, even if we tag and, you know, even if we have a friendly bout for a championship, you know, that'd be awesome too. But at the end of the day, that's my boy, you know. And even if he's doing his thing over there and I'm doing my thing over here, like, it'll probably be nothing to see us come back and, like, you know, support one another because, you know, shoot, that's how I brought it into this game as far as WWE televised. You know, I don't see the story ending until – you know, is all over and done with. Right. That, that Hall of Fame stage, maybe the same class yeah. at the Hall of Fame. Same class at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, and last thing for you, obviously the conversation of the week. Uh, what feeling What feeling hit you when you heard CM Punk's music hit at Survivor Series? I was like, oh, shoot, here we go. You know, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I've just been, um, I've been watching this special on Peacock. It's the Monday Night Wars between uh, WWE and WCW. And, you know, I'm watching because, you know, I was young at the time when all this stuff was really happening. And when guys were switching back and forth from WWE to WCW, they was talking about how big of a deal it was and the shift of power and this and that. But I feel like I'm really living it and I'm seeing it, you know, <laughs> right now. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is... This is what it feels what, like. This is what it feels like. And it's a, it's a cool thing, man. I'm, I'm glad he's here, man. It's great for wrestling. Shoot, I hope I get to lock up with him, you know, and see what he's about. See, uh, what, all the, see what all the millions of views was about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, record-setting, record-setting views. Uh, you will get to view this man, uh, Trip Williams, in a match with Dijak, Josh Briggs, and Braun Breaker, the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge at NXT Deadline a week from Saturday on Peacock. Um, good talking to you, Trick. Good luck, and uh, I'll see you down the road. I appreciate you, Peter. 
Big shout out to Trick Williams and HBK. Troy the Goy, our great producer, putting everything together. Don't forget that Rosenberg Wrestling account at Rosenberg Wrestling on YouTube. Shout out to SUG and Dip as well. We'll be back on Tuesday with a lot more to break down. We'll see what happens with CM Punk this Monday. Will anything crazy happen at uh, SmackDown in Brooklyn tonight? So a lot to get to by the time Monday comes around, or Tuesday, I should say. And one last thing, though, that I had yet to really mention, but I was going to put up a video on the YouTube channel about it. Man, is, is this the worst position AEW's ever been in? I mean... I'm going to do a more in-depth video uh, on the channel about it. But, like, when you really think about everything that's happened, this is not what you want. This is not it. The CM Punk thing happening as MJF has an injury and needs time, I I never get caught up in, like, the winning the war thing. But this this is a period that I think has potential for real damage to what they've been doing there. And unlike a lot of the people who are very cultish about their wrestling, I don't like that. I, I don't, I want WWE to win and crush it. And I want AEW to be a great viable place that people can, can watch wrestling and, and work. And I'm a little bit worried in this moment. It's not a great spot for them to be in. When you think about it, to have the way the punk thing looks, especially if it works well in WWE and all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is way more awesome than it was there. And all these people's eyeballs are there followed by the biggest star you have is now out indefinitely and people don't even know if he's going to resign there it's a lot something to think about we'll talk tuesday stay mage and enjoy yourselves this weekend ladies and gentlemen this is the main event of the evening at this time i would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty sweet sweet peter rosenberg and then i went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together also ladies and gentlemen at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. M-m-m-m-mage.